Hey everyone, and welcome to season two of Death in Cambodia, Life in America, a podcast where I sit down with my father, Robert Chow, a survivor of one of the biggest genocides in modern history, the Khmer Rouge. He escaped to America with 10 bucks in his pocket and built a distributing company, one of the largest donut distributors in the U.S. How exactly did a poor, starving boy from Cambodia build an empire and achieve his American dream? I'm Dorothy, his daughter, and your host for today's episode. Let's dive in. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Death in Cambodia, Life in America. So I am here with Robert. It is another recording day. And last we left off, we were talking about Robert now focusing on the company B&H Bakery Distributors. It is based out of Northern California. He's still living in Southern California, but he's driving back and forth five days a week up in NorCal and a few days down in SoCal, um, trying to figure out and trying to grow this this distribution company. So, Bob, welcome back. Hey, good morning, everyone. Yes, I knew. It's. I think it's. It's. It's definitely um, different from what you've been focusing on so far, right? Like you've spent probably the past. 15 years, was it? Kind of building on retail? I say, uh, yeah, maybe a 10. 10 fifth, years? 10 years, yeah. 10 years focusing on retail and donut shops, and leasing, dabbling in some, you know, Baskin Robbins and, and all these different food trucks. Um, kind of getting thrown into this new kind of business, but you were very excited about it because you saw the future in it. You know, uh, I think... Uh, uh, from the uh, retail donut shop that I build and travel and know all the people that up, I think, you know. So the distributor, I believe it's probably uh, a good uh, a good future uh, mm -hmm. because I think mostly uh, doesn't speak. Uh, so uh, I think i pretty exciting to maybe helping them, you know, easy, you know, to get the supply uh, from B&H because, you know, we all speak. The right. Let's talk about the first couple years of trying to build this because from what I remember, B&H really was not very big up in Northern California. You this branch of it because it was based out of Southern California. Yeah, based out, I was out Southern California. Right. This was a search, you know, and then uh, uh, so I took over uh, because uh, I mean uh, it's start with us one small uh, try to uh, and one driver and one driver and I'm assuming salespeople. How did? How no salespeople. You were I the just, salesperson. Just, um, I I was a salesperson, and uh, one girl, uh, you know, do the sales too. Just calling from the office, mm -hmm. 
And I went out there, tried to, you know, to uh, the uh, donut shop owner, uh, Bodian. So, uh, yes, I still live with uh, a to Northern Kantu. And then I uh, stay for five days and then go back down. uh, Go back down on Friday night after. Uh, we finish the order because we have to put hold the order, put everything is ready for Monday delivery. So yeah, how did you guys have like a warehouse? Did you have to go find one? Your your drivers and this was a different kind of industry from what you were in. Was it hard for you? Well, uh, I just anything else, you know. If you really, really want it bad enough i don't think you feel it's hard at all because you got your goal and then you see and you believe yourself that you're gonna make it you just uh, i don't feel any uh hard at all really uh but I, you ha- i was enjoy it you must there must have been some really really hard days do you remember in the first couple of years like what were some of the hardest days that you had experienced from the beginning it's it's tough uh i thought sell go out there and talk to the customer and specialists in your own community mm-hmm. and it's gonna a lot easier than just go ahead and sell to a big bakery and you know like the uh, spanish bakery and i don't even speak the language i don't know if I don't know the culture. I thought, you know, it's it, it was it was uh, easy, but you know, that's not that's not true. It was it was hard. I mean, because uh, <clears throat> in Cambodian community, it's not really tried to uh, really exciting see our own people that successful. Su- no, not successful. I mean, selling, try to support each other. In other words, they not. They just look down at you you know they just said hey i'm i'm, I'm buy from you know this company it's uh, uh they look at uh, your company is too small uh you know maybe uh the service is not good but i think you know we 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 didn't have problem with the service at all because at that, that time it's only one truck operating so if you are not cambodian american and you are listening to this podcast, you're probably wondering what exactly my dad's talking about. So it's kind of well-known within the Cambodian-American community, Cambodian community, that a lot of the people who had come out of the Khmer Rouge and that entire generation, in fact, are not really, really good at supporting each other. In fact, there is this kind of stigma within our own community that we always never allow each other to be successful. There's this mentality, and we like to call it crabs in a bucket mentality. And you can look this up on Google, but basically what it means is that if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, none of the crabs will actually get out because all the crabs, anytime they see somebody going up and getting a little bit higher, they would in fact drag that crab back down. 
And essentially what it means is that we never allow our own people to get any higher than the person next to us. And essentially that stunts the growth of the community. This is a really, really big statement, I know. And I know that if you didn't grow up within the community, and again, I'm not saying this is everybody and definitely not within the second generation, but I haven't met one other Cambodian American who doesn't know what I'm talking about when I talk about this. A good example that my dad likes to bring up to me is supermarkets in Long Beach, California. So Long Beach is the city in Southern California that has the highest population of Cambodian Americans and Cambodian refugees within the U.S. And I think the third is Lowell in Massachusetts. Robert always talks about how Back in the day, there were tons of Cambodian supermarkets all around Long Beach. And slowly but surely, they just started shutting down because none of the Cambodian people would be going to their own supermarkets. They would much rather be going to the Vietnamese market that was right next door. Eventually, uh, the people didn't have their own supermarkets to go to. And it was a really, really sad thing for my father to see. And this is just an example, one example, because you can think about different other communities that have their own supermarkets, like, um, you know, Koreans with H Mart and Latinos with Chavez and Cardenas and all the other different facets of cultures that really have pride in their supermarkets and really put a stake in the ground for their own community. It's just always been something that our own community has lacked. I think the reason why our community is like this has to do with the fact that these, this generation in particular had survived the Khmer Rouge, an area and a time period where they were in survivor mode and they could not trust their neighbor. And then after three and a half, four years of living a genocide that they never asked for, that they never expected would happen in their own country, they left the country and with it left trust in their own people. Let's get back to the episode, but I just wanted to quickly go over what Robert was talking about. I hope in the future that I'll be able to actually bring in experts to talk about this topic. The moment that you kind of started to feel that way was it from the very beginning that you started noticing this about the cambodian culture yes yeah you start feel from the beginning because and then i yeah i i was disappointed a little bit but then i'm gonna try my best i'm gonna do my best to prove it to Mm -hmm. prove to them and then at the same time we have to lower the price very low to just let them open their eyes. I know they're not going to just support B&H because of the, uh, you know, uh, community. community. No, they probably open their eye because of the price. When you way, way down, even the same price, same product, same price. Paper good is paper good, right? Sugar is a sugar. We buy from C&H, and, but why not buying from us, support our com- you know, Cambodian community? No, they're not. They just rather to buy from the uh, you know, other company. Uh, bigger companies like... Yeah, bigger company. Yeah, bigger I mean, American you know, companies, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, even it's the same price, same sugar, same product. Why? Why do you think that is? Jealousy. It's it's so it's so big. They don't want to see their own people, their own community, 
grow, do better than them, and then that's kind of jealousy. Jealousy is good. I think you know. See, look at a lot of people. They look and say, "Oh, you know." Why are you doing so well? I want to learn from you. You know, mm -hmm. now Cambodian, a lot of people know when they're jealous, they just want to see your down, your suffer. That kind of jealousy. I, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from because I feel like I was I was born here in America, and maybe I'm not in the culture enough. But I. Think maybe it's because of the Khmer Rouge. You know, I had started some discussions with some people about how maybe that's the reason why. Because during the Khmer Rouge, you couldn't support one another, and um, if if you couldn't talk to one another, you couldn't trust anybody, you couldn't trust your own people, your own government, your own community, and so maybe that just was something that got instilled into the people. Because um, you know, it proved that you know even. Uh, in Long Beach, I think you know uh, a lot of Cambodian community live in Long Beach, and then they uh, have the uh, grocery store, you know, Cambodian grocery store, and later on, I think you know they have a Vietnamese grocery store and Chinese grocery store. But most of them support the Vietnamese grocery store, and then to the you know Chinese grocery store, they don't really, really want to go to Cambodian, you know, grocery store. I think, you know, not all, but what they should do, they should just go and support the Cambodian. So this is something that we see all throughout. And so uh, when you were starting B&H, you noticed it right away. How did you, you, you just, but you just kind of told yourself, okay, you know what, I'm going to push through it anyway, and I'm going to try my best. No, because I think, you know, this, yeah, I, I will, yes, that's what I had in mind, I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to convince them and try to prove to them uh, a little bit by a little bit, one by one. Just continue to sell the product at a very low price and continue to explain about the products and uh, the the. the the big part that I really want to prove to them when they need help, when they need something, need help, I try my best to be there to help them. The other company, no. The salesperson from a big company, they just go in here and sell, and that's it. And then plus, when they have the children's birthday or, you know, the, Weddings. Uh, wedding and all. I try to support them to show uh, up to to support uh, because other company now. I mean, you know, they they don't care about your children's birthday or wedding or whatever, and uh, that's why uh, people getting by from being H more and more. But some people. When you see B and A grow up, you know, and then they start to pull back. To pull back. That was within the first couple of years. It's it's in a couple of years. Yes, and uh, when they start B and A. Because after you you, st you st I'm sure you started to grow. You started to grow. And oh then, yeah, it continued uh, to. What was grow. the rate that it was growing at? Uh, we start from one truck, and then you know, after three year, and then we have 
two, mm-hmm. three truck. Mm-hmm. Then the warehouse, I think up to five year, five to seven year. I think we have five truck. Mm. And then, uh, then the warehouse is getting small. I think we only rent that uh, space. I believe uh, five thousand square foot. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty, pretty small. Mm-hmm. And you were handling all the negotiations. I did vendors and uh, and doing the sales, and then and then doing all that. I can imagine that. That part of it is also hard too, because you're basically this small guy with not a whole lot of volume power that's trying to get the lowest price possible because you need to have a low price because that's the only way that the community will buy from you. Yeah. So that's a lot of pressure. Not just not not all. That even that. Yeah. You probably only thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was it, it was tough. I was tough, but I. I didn't give up. I just continue. I said, "I will make it. I will make it." So that's all in my head. I'm gonna try to find a way. I mean, you know, we 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 got everything. We speak the language. We know the culture. Sometimes I asking them. I said, "Why not uh, buy from us? Support us." I'm not asking you to buy the stuff that I sell higher than the other company. I mean. Even the same price, but I think you know after seven, eight years, and then we moved to uh, to a bigger, a bigger warehouse. So now instead of renting it, so I bought the uh, property. What was your motivation behind this? Uh, from the beginning, uh, I'm sacrificed the family. I mean, you know, we we cannot just uh, you know um, go back home, see the kid. It's only half a day, you know, drive back and forth for at least. I uh, probably three four years. Mm-hmm. So I gonna I gonna make I gonna make it all the way through because at this time here I don't have too many donut shop. Uh, probably ten left at the time. So and then you know the being a distributor, this is my goal to build it up to the next level. Because you know, California, all California donut shop is owned by Cambodian uh, people, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of a lot of shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about maybe five, six thousand locations in the uh, state of California. So the vision that you've always had from the beginning was the entire state of California. Yes, yeah, that's what I I I, I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was always your vision. That was always that's your always goal. my vision. Yes. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode this week. Um, if you've been following me on social, you know that I accidentally—well, I don't know if it's an accident, but. I got COVID after two years, so my nose is still a little bit stuffy, but I should be completely back by next week. Um, I just wanted to pop on here and let you guys know that if you guys haven't done so already and you guys have been enjoying the episode so far, please leave me a review. I know it's super annoying and 
you know, I sometimes really don't like it when podcasters ask me to do this, but to be honest, it really, really does help us out with the rankings. And I really want to try to get as many people to listen to this as possible. Um, I think we have something really, really special here. And if you had been following along this entire time, you know how cool and awesome this whole experience has been. Hopefully it has been for you, for the both of us. Um, and if you can just kind of put it in a review, that would be even better. <laughs> so uh, yes, whenever you have a quick second, please just go ahead and do that. All right. Thanks so much. And I will catch you guys next week.